Welcome to a Hope Alive Church podcast, where we strive to be an authentic family of believers, where we believe everyone can encounter the living hope found only in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy the word. presence of the Lord in the room. Look at your neighbor, say, you feeling what I'm feeling? Amen. Look at your second choice neighbor, the other neighbor. Amen. Tell him, you feeling what I'm feeling today? Come on, give Jesus one more good. Lift your praise up to him today. I feel him in the room today. Amen. I feel him in the room. And here's how I know he's mad. Because the devil always shows up to try to distract when he's mad. But God's church is focused. Hello, somebody. Our eyes are fixed on Jesus this morning. So we're glad that you're here. We're glad that those that are watching online. Do you know we have many of our ladies that are watching online. They're traveling back from Woman Evolved. We have some ladies that are in the room that came home last night, yesterday. They had an incredible time. Can we make some noise for all the ladies? Amen. I was talking to some of the husbands earlier. And and there's Anthony right there. He had a little tear in his eye this morning. He should have been at sound check at, at 845, but he was having to get kids ready this morning. Amen. And uh, and then Billy over here, Billy, he said, boy, he got a one-year-old. Billy, 73 years old, got a one-year-old. I'm just playing. (laughs) He said, when Clarissa gets home, she's getting a raise. (laughs) Amen. Come on, men. We're grateful for our wives and those, those wonderful, wonderful helpers. Amen. Before we go into the word, I want Pastor Jeff and Tina, you could just stand right there if you want, or you want to come up. You had a busy day yesterday, but either way, I want to just stand. Let's just do that. Would you stand? I want to introduce you, reintroduce you, those of you that don't know them. This is Jeff and Tina Gillahan. Everybody say Gillahan. Make sure you get that last name right. Amen. Not Gillian. Amen. Not Gilligan. Amen. No, this is an incredible part of our church family. They are friends of mine, and I've known them for several years now. They're entrepreneurs. She, uh, they both actually also lead the Basin Dream Center out of Midland. They, uh, they help kids who have aged out of the state system and care, and they offer housing, and they have an incredible heart for ministry. They were pastors for over 20 years. Is that right? I mean, pastors. And I just wanted to introduce, and yeah, let's honor them this morning. That's all right. The reason why I want to reintroduce them is Jeff has officially joined our staff here at Hope Alive Church and is another one of our pastors here. And uh, I say that because as soon as this Wednesday night, you're going to be hearing God has a great calling on both of them. I pray that Tina, we could find some schedule for her to share too. At some point, I'm kind of putting you on the spot right there, but I mean, uh, you know, but uh, they have a credible gift, incredible gift. And so I just want you to know that if you see Pastor Jeff or Tina coming around saying hello, 
Hope Alive Church has said these are people that represent us. They're going to be doing and moving many things here in the community. But I just want to take a second to honor them both. Thank you so much for being a part of our team officially. Amen. They have a heart to serve anytime they get a chance, but we, we wanted to make that clear. Amen. Let's go to the word today. I want to talk about my God story. My God story. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a, a story of where they came from. Since the day the doctor slapped you on the behind, you have been writing a, an autobiography of you. Everyone has a story who you are and how you got here. How you even got in this room, there's a story behind every person. If we had the time, we would pass the mic. And I'm telling you, everyone would have a miracle moment story of how we even come across one another's paths. Everyone has a story of what has happened to them. What they have endured. What they have fought through. Everyone has a story of what they believe and what they hold dear Everyone has a story of how they were raised and how, what kind of, uh, of, of family they were raised in and what kind of thinking they were raised in and just all these different variables about them. Their life is a story. Everybody say a story today. This story is the bridge between your history and your destiny. This story is the, 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 the fruit of your ancestors and the seed of your descendants. This story is just like any good book. It has plots and twists. And everybody said amen. It has heroes and villains. Amen. It has characters and it has emotions and it has, it has different turns and different chapters in this story. Everybody's story is filled with friends and foes. Everybody's story is, a, is the timeline, if you will, of their lives. But the worst mistake we could make as Christians, the very absolute worst mistake is to, is to think that other people don't care about your story. The worst thing that we could ever think is to think that other people could care less and would not even benefit from your story. Your story needs to be told. Let me say that again. Your story needs to be told, and nobody can tell your story like you can tell your story. It's not just about you. It's about those that hear the chapters and the verses and the twists and the villains and the characters and the foes and the heroes of your story because whether it's past or present or future, trials, adventures, failures, journeys, wins, no matter what it is, there's so much to gain from the knowledge you possess. This world needs to hear your story. I wrote this down, and I want you to see this. Out of all the things, look what it says, that you can do to impact the world with the message of who Jesus Christ is, telling your story is one of the most valuable and most beneficial tools you can use to spread the gospel in the world that we live in. Let's go to the Word. Are you ready? Revelations. Go to the book of Revelations. John the Revelator had a dream, had a vision. He had a vision, and if you read Revelations, it'll freak you out. 
Say amen. amen. And hopefully it'll inspire you to change. A lot of people avoid revelation because it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense to your finite mind. But to an infinite God-filled spirit, it makes perfect sense. Revelations chapter 12, I'm reading in the New International Reader's Version, verse 10 and 11 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven, and it said, Now the salvation and power of the kingdom of our God have come. The authority of the Messiah has come. Satan, who brings charges against you, brothers and sisters, everybody say, that's me, have been thrown down. He has been kicked out of heaven. I said this Wednesday night. He brings charges against them in front of our God day and night. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. But verse 11 says they had victory over him by the blood of the lamb that was spilled for them. Say amen. And they had victory over him by speaking the truth about Jesus to others. They were willing to risk their lives even if it led to death. I want to read the same scripture, but in the New King James says, Then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now salvation and the strength of uh, and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ, of his Christ, has come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Let me just take 60 seconds and remind you the devil is defeated today. Oh, thank you, God, that the devil is defeated. Sin is defeated. Darkness is defeated. Confusion is defeated. Satan doesn't have any future. He's only relying on us not knowing who he is. We're thankful, God, that he is cast down. Hell was not created for Christians. It was created for the devil. And it says in verse 11, they overcame this devil by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. My God story. The book of Acts tells one more scripture, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, then you will tell. You will tell. You won't just sit inside a church two days a week and jump and shout and scream and yell. No, you'll go out into the workforce. You'll go out into the schools. You'll go out into the real estate field. You'll go out into the medical field. You'll go out into the oil field. And you will tell. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to give you goosebumps. He comes to give you the power to tell. To tell people about me, Jesus said, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and all over the earth. What is your God story? I know what your life story, and you know your life story, but, but what is your God story? The God story of your life is how you met God. It's how you got here. It's how you found God. My God story is I was born on a Thursday and in a Pentecostal church on a Sunday. My mama had to lead worship that Sunday. She had to, she had to, let's have this baby and get back to church. Nobody was there to lead worship. She's sitting right up here. She'll testify. They put me as a newborn baby. This is why I can't hear much, huh? <laughs> they put me on the front row of a Pentecostal church and they ran and shouted and screamed and played music just as loud as you hear it in here. They didn't have them cool earmuffs for babies when I was a kid. Now you got parents walking in places and they don't want the, the hearing decibel level for my child. <laughs> All right, we're fine, okay? <laughs> but it wasn't until I was about 16 years old 
that I found him to be a love, God to be a lover of me. And then it wasn't until I was about 26 or 25 year old that I met Jesus as my king. You can grow up in church and still miss it at times. I was good at church and my relationship with God was struggling. What is your God story? Maybe your God story is God found you in a, a bar ditch somewhere. I'm not trying to be funny. That's the truth. Maybe you found God like somebody I know who found God in a bar one night. Somebody had come to the bar because their ministry was to, to pick up people who couldn't drive home. And they, were gonna drive, they had food in their car. They were going to feed them, drop them off. And that was their ministry. That's what they did. And they found Jesus in a bar room. Don't tell me you can't find Jesus on the oil field. Don't tell me you can't find Jesus with somebody on the hospital room. Don't tell me you can't find Jesus in a classroom in the schoolhouse. If he is in this house, he can be in your house. He can be at the ice house. He can be at the chicken wing house. He can be everywhere. What is your God story? What is your testimony? Let me tell you what makes up your testimony. It's, it can be broken down into three areas. Take a picture or write this down. What was your life like before you knew Jesus? When you chose to give your life to Jesus, what was that like? Your, your, I call it your come to Jesus moment. When I was a kid, come to Jesus moment was discipline. But really, you ever parents ever tell you, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. Amen. None of y'all did. Okay, well, that's what's wrong with society these days. Amen. No, 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 no. What was the moment you found him face to face? And third, what has your life been like? How has your life changed since you've decided to follow Jesus? It's more than about just knowing how God changed you. It's about getting to show people his power through telling and sharing your testimony. Remember the story of the demon-possessed man at the tomb of Gadarenes. He was living in a graveyard. He was consumed by demons. He was tattered and he was destroyed and, and, and all these things. And, and he was possessed by Satan so much to the degree that, that when Jesus got off of the boat and stepped onto that island, stepped onto that place, when he got off of that boat, the, the demon knew so much who Jesus was, he ran up to Jesus and, and said, what have you done? What are you doing here? And, and Jesus asked him, who are you? And they responded. I said, they responded because demons, were, there were many of them. They, they were legion. You remember the story. They responded, and Jesus, for a moment, spoke to that devil, but eventually cast out that demon and cast him into a bay of pigs, into a, a, a group of pigs, and they, they got so crazy, they jumped off the hill. But look what happens in Matthew where it says, Mark rather, he says that when he got on the boat, the man said, I want to come with you after he was healed. And Jesus gave him some instruction, and he said, no, go tell your friends about what it was like when you met me. You remember the story of the woman at the well, John chapter 4. Her life before Christ was, was, was empty and broken, so empty and broken she was trying to fill the voids of her life with men. Oh, she was trying to fill the voids of her life with people. Even some Christians today still try to fill the voids in their life that only God can fill with people and approval and relationships. And, and, and some people are more committed to a relationship than they are to their relationship with God. Hello, somebody. Don't you dare make a family, don't make a family member an idol. 
Ooh, let me lean on that for just a second. It's easy for us. We can make our children an idol. We can make our husband or our wife an idol. We can make our neighbors, our friends, our BFF for life an idol. We can make a whole lot of things. She was trying to fill a void, but one day she came in contact with Jesus. She was just going to fetch some well at noon, noontime, because there was not much traffic at the well at noontime, for it was hot, and she knew there would be a low risk to encounter somebody that she didn't want to see. And lo and behold, Jesus told the woman, fetch me a drink of water. And she began to reveal and he began to speak to her and minister to her. And, and so much her encounter with Jesus changed her so much she ran back. And she told everyone in John chapter 4, she said, the woman left her water pot. She dropped what she was doing and she ran to the city and said, come see this man. Come see this man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And it goes on to say in verse 39 that many of her family and many of her people, many believed in Jesus. Why? Because she told her God's story. I got one more. Y'all all right today? The Apostle Paul, who we first learn about when Stephen was stoned. When the witnesses to that stoning threw their cloaks, threw their jackets at the feet of a young man named Saul. Saul, a Sanhedrin, a raised a Jew, a, 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 a knew the law, knew what was he was supposed to do, but hated the message of this Christ. Hated the message of this new Messiah, this Messiah that would heal and open blind eyes. And his disciples and his followers claimed he rose back from the dead. And he hated the message so much he made it his personal mission to find every one of those believers and to persecute them and kill them and to destroy them. That was his job. And one day he was just at work on the road to Damascus to do more hell raising and do more murdering and do more killing and more dragging believers out into the street to try to eradicate this message. You would be surprised how many people in life would like for you to like to eradicate the message of Christ out of your mouth. I'm telling you, we have a, a real adversary that wants more than nothing than the church to be silent and shut their mouth and quit talking about the resurrection. And one day at work on the road to Damascus, a bright light shined. So much so bright that it knocked Paul, Saul rather off of his donkey. He hit the ground and he, he became blind and a voice spoke to him and said, how long will you persecute? How long will you keep living this life? And he was converted that day. And do you know he was the first one to go and share the gospel in a worldwide missions trip? Missions mindset. He was the apostle. He was the one that wrote the majority of what you hold in your hand as the New Testament. The letters established churches. And while he was in prison, because eventually it turned around and he was in for what he believed he said to his to the people he was writing in Philippi and he said to them what has happened to me has actually helped spread the good news of the gospel this is the God story Pastor Cliff what are you talking about what are you getting to today I'm here to tell Hope Alive Church the world needs to hear your story the world needs you to speak up everybody say speak up he needs you. The world needs to hear your kids, your coworkers, your neighbors, the people in your, in your office, no matter where you go, what you do. The world needs you to get your voice back. 
Because if the church doesn't get their voice back, we will be silenced generation after generation. When one generation refuses to speak up, the generation behind them speaks up a little less. And by the time you know it, two or three generations in, there is not even a care that anybody speaks up. But God gave us a mouth. He gave us a voice. He gave us a tongue that it could dance and it could speak of the goodness of the Lord. They overcame, John the Revelator said, by the blood of the Lamb, it says in Revelation. They beat the devil. They cursed the devil. They whipped the devil by the blood that was shed on the cross. That's already done. Say amen. Amen. And by your testimony. 50% of that overcoming uh, battle plan is missing when the church shuts their mouth instead of uses what God gave them. Look at your neighbor and say, speak up a little bit. Speak up a little bit. I think it's good time and high time the church gets their voice back. Why has the church been silenced? The church has been silenced because people were afraid to make people uncomfortable. The church has been silenced because people were afraid that it's not politically correct. Uh, The church has been silenced because people are afraid to offend their brothers and sisters so they'd rather shut their mouth and let the devil have his way instead of be the blood-bought church that God created us to be. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He gave us a call. He gave us a commitment, to a commission rather, to go into the world. How will they hear unless there is a preacher? How will they know unless there is somebody who is willing to use their voice? Why are we so quiet? Why are we so quiet? Why have society shut us up? Why has our our, our desire to be approved by our coworkers shut us up? Why have we lost our, our, our voice? Why have we become cowards, cowards, cowards when we are afraid to look like weirdos or look like somebody that stands out? So we would rather be quiet and we would silently look on as others are persecuted, as others are tormented, as others are addicted when we know we have the Redeemer on the inside inside of us when we know we have the free God on the inside of us when we know we have the healer why are we watching our neighbors die because the devil has shut your mouth he has made you afraid to speak up He has made you afraid to share your story. He has made you feel that you would be rejected. And he he has made you feel, the devil's made you feel that if you do that, they're going to make fun of you. Jesus told us before he left this earth, they rejected me and they're going to reject you. He told us, he said, you are going to be a royal nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a peculiar people. You're not supposed to fit in every crowd. I question your faith. If you fit in every crowd you get in. You're supposed to be a light in darkness. You're supposed to be salt in the earth. What does light and salt? They are changers. They are change agents. Light cannot walk in a dark room and it remain dark. Immediately in the introduction, in the presence of light, there is enough light to affect and push back the darkness. You ever had some bad cooking? Some of your kids, because your wife has been gone to woman evolved, has had some bad. Billy, they text me. It was bad, Billy. You fed them kids Hot Pockets for four days in a row. Anthony 
tried to make enchiladas, he put tuna fish in the enchilada. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> Salt comes to change the state of the food. You have to be a change. The world is silent. The church should use their God story. Pastor Cliff, I really don't think that my God story would affect that much. Well, let me tell you, number one, simply sharing your God story, simply being saved from the power of sin is a testimony of Christ's saving power for humanity. Just the fact that you can acknowledge and admit and step up to the fact that you have been redeemed from sin. How many people have been redeemed from sin today? Oh my goodness, we got a great altar call coming. Let me ask you again, how many people have been redeemed from sin today? Simply sharing that portion of the redemption story, it, it, it lets us know that you've turned and your appetite for sin has changed. If you have been redeemed, but your appetite for sin has stayed the same, oh my goodness, did you hear the hush fell over the crowd? If you claim to have been redeemed from sin, but your sin behavior continues to remain the same, maybe you haven't met the change agent called Jesus Christ in its entirety. Maybe you have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Maybe, maybe, you have, maybe you have looked like a duck, you've talked like a duck, but down deep inside, you ain't no duck. Your transformation into a new person speaks volumes of hope and encouragement to those who are going through the same troubles you did. To the people that were alcoholics when you were an alcoholic, your story of redemption is more powerful, more powerful than you even know. To the people who are strung out right now, even though you got out, they're still strung out. Even though you got clean, they still are struggling with those things. Your testimony, your God story will break the chains over them. But it won't do nothing if you keep your mouth shut. Is there anybody here today? Number two, our story is proof that God is alive. Our story is proof that he's alive and he's involved in modern day humanity today. I can't tell you how many people I come into contact with and say that's just a book of fairy tales. That's just power that belonged to a group of people way back then. I want to live a life so powerfully and live a life so, so visibly and live a life. I didn't say perfect, but I said pure. You can be pure and not perfect. You can live with a pure heart and still live in the, in the fallen, flawed clothes of man. But my heart is pure. I want to live a life pure in front of those so they can see if, if, if that person serves God, if I come into contact with you, if you are the only Bible they ever read, what scriptures will they know? If you are the only chapter and verse, will they know more about your drama then you do your deliverance. Will they know more about your, your relationships with others than they do your relationship with God? Will they know what you do in your free time? You, 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 will, they, will they know you serve the gods of all these other things or will they know that in your free time and your family prioritizes the house of the Lord? 
your testimony, your God story is proof. Proof that, that God is alive and active and, 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 and lovingly concerned about his church. Let me stop the service for a moment and say, our God is concerned about your life. He is not far from your trials and your pressures and your pain. He is carefully observing how you go through life and what you do. He sees what you think you hide. He sees the resentment in your heart while you put a smile on your face. And he's concerned. His, his careful eye is over you. This is proof. The fact that you have been saved, the fact that you have been made into a new creation is proof that God is not just some myth that was invented by a group of drunks on the day of Pentecost. The, 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 the existence of, of faith and the God story in you is proof that God is alive. And number three, telling your testimony will challenge you and will build faith in others to grow in God. I want to tell you, if God's going to, some of you, and I've heard this prayed, uh, I'm just believing for a breakthrough, and then the opportunity will come to get that breakthrough, and they'll be scared to step out because it challenges their comfort zone. Telling your testimony, oh, I'm going to pastor you for 30 seconds. Hold on tight. Telling your testimony will get your butt, uh-huh, your butt out of the way. That's the book of Cliffalations, chapter 106 in part right there. <laughs> well, Pastor Cliff, I love Jesus, but. Oh, Pastor Cliff, I love him, but I can't. Your butt is in the way. Your big old butt is in the way. And God won't, he won't, he can, but he won't move through you because you've allowed a butt to get in the way. Pastor Cliff, I want to serve him forever, but I got to work. As if you think all the other people that serve don't work. Pastor Cliff, I have a calling on my life, but I'm waiting till I get this fixed. What the heck are you waiting for? Your, your family needs you to speak up and tell your story. Your coworkers are dying. They're strung out. They're hopeless. And you have the living hope on the inside of you. What are you waiting for? Butts don't remove themselves. You have to move it out of the way. I'm here to pastor you and tell you, you will not see victory. You will not see blessing and you will not see breakthrough until you get the butts out of your way. And you stop saying, I want to do the right thing, but I'll make them mad. It's about time we make some people mad and make heaven glad. Because your story, everybody say my story. Your story is the key. It is the key that unlocks someone else's prison door. It's the key. And if you don't use it, I, I'm bold enough to say this. Some people are literally, they want to be free. They're waiting on somebody to come along with the key. And you that have battled addiction and you've beat it, there are people who are, who are living in the same dark hole you were living in. 
You that have battled uh, 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 sin and you've battled uh, all these other things and you've broken through. Somebody came up to me at the Burgers and Baptisms event this summer and said, Pastor Cliff, I don't know how to talk about this, but you think I could be free from pornography too? I said, I heard you a few Sundays ago talking about how you at 13 years old found, younger than that, 11 years old, found pornography and it terrorized your teenage years silently in my room. Am I making you uncomfortable yet? You know why I can talk about it now? Because the chains that held me don't hold me anymore. I had to get transparent and I had to get vulnerable and once I let the light in, Darkness could not hide in my silence. David killed Goliath without a problem. He battled the Bathsheba situation because he allowed it to stay silent. Just because it's big and in your face doesn't mean you can't beat it. Some things are small and in your heart and silent. Ooh, ooh, let me lean on this for just a minute. Satan wants us silent. Let me tell you the trick of the devil. Because addiction, it thrives in. You've been addicted? You know what you do in silence. Suicide? It breeds, it reproduces in isolation and silence. Depression? Identity issues? All these things are looking for silence. Divorce doesn't knock on your door and say, divorce is here. It finds silence. Slips in silently. Pornography didn't throw a big old flag in the air and say, hey, I'm pornography and I'm here to terrorize your sleep for the rest of your adolescent years. No, it happened when I was alone and silent. The trick of the devil, here's where I'm gonna pastor you. The trick of the devil is to keep you quiet. And the longer you stay quiet, the more your chains become more permanent. The longer we stay quiet, See, if you battled pornography one year, two years, 10 years, 15 years, eventually your mind tells you there's nothing wrong with it. I've been so silent, now my chains have become a part of my decorations. What once were chains, now is something I'm willing to show off to my guests because we have stayed silent. You fathers and mothers, know your children are battling it but you put a stamp of approval on the generational curse when you stay silent I'm going to get real uncomfortable for just a second knock on the bathroom door and the bedroom door and say I know what you're doing in there because I'm not going to let it pass on to the next generation 
I don't care who it associates me with or separates me from. I'm going to see my Sam, my family, my sons, my daughters set free. I will not be silent. I will not be silent. You cannot be ashamed of what God has done in you to you and what he wants to do through you if you are ashamed you will be silent but I can't find anybody who won the lottery maybe that's a bad example some of them that win the lottery do actually stay silent I can't find anybody that they didn't get a free car handed to them not tell nobody I can't find, come on ladies, I don't know a lady in this world that don't find a good sale at a good store and don't call up all of her friends and say, girl, get to Dillard's right now. When your team, it's tied in double overtime and your team pulls up a last minute victory. I don't know one sports fan that stepped They lose their mind and they want everybody to know of how happy they are. God gave redemption and we give him silence in return. So what are you going to do? David had a problem. He killed a Goliath, but he could not kill the lust on the inside of his heart. David had an issue. Once he got through it, everybody say he got through it. It took some pain, it took some time, but he did get through it. Once he got through it, Psalm 71 says, I will tell the other people of the good things you have done for me. Psalm 66 says, come and hear all you have respect for God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. Psalms 22 says, I will praise you to all my brothers. And I will stand before the congregation and I will testify the wonderful things you have done. In 35, in the book of Psalms says, my tongue will declare your righteousness and praise you all day long. It's time you learn to tell your God story. Stand with me over this room. I want to give you a challenge and then I'm going to invite our prayer team to come. Challenge first, stay with me. This week, everybody say this week, I'm challenging you to take three to five minutes and write down your God story for you to see. You can take out your phone. If you're a writer, you can write it on a, a three by five note card. Do they make those anymore? They didn't, okay. Write them on something and learn the script of your God story because for us to be what God wants us to be in this earth something's got to come out of us it can't just be cursing God when things don't go our way we got that down it can't just be always coming against things that you just disagree with oh people are ready to complain in a moment's notice 
I had a family member who, who didn't really want to talk in church. But if you got his order wrong in the restaurant, he would set it off in the restaurant. It works like this. We've got to speak up and we've got to be the witnesses that God created us to be. Be confident in your story. Hear me, I'm going to give you some instruction. Be confident in your story. Come to terms with your story. Pastor Cliff, I feel ashamed. I could never tell people I battled pornography. It probably still tries to knock on your door then. Because I really have noticed that things like that become a lot more easy to talk about when you're on the winning side and you find out it's not such a devil in every, every alcoholic I've ever known would never say I'm an alcoholic until they beat it and said I was an alcoholic, but I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Quit being ashamed of your story. Because for somebody that thought that pornography was just a way of life, just me telling that part has helped you feel seen. Maybe it made you feel like there's some hope. Forgive yourself and be forgiven. And let me, let me end with this. Come on, prayer team. God is still writing your story. I'm not here to say you're going to have perfect days from here on out. I would like to tell you that once I, once I broke pornography, I never battled it again. Oh, the devil, he... Tried to, he tried to creep in. He still, to this day, he tries to creep in. He tries to see if I still got what I said I got. I know this is making a couple of y'all real uncomfortable, but if that offends you, this might not be your church. I'm here to call out every dark thing that tries to grip and rip people and pull families apart. <laughs> you want to go to a church where all they talk about is rainbows and butterflies? Go ahead. But I'm here to break the back of sin and the devil. I'm not scared of that fool. And I'm not scared about talking about those things. Today, I have two parts to this altar call. Number one, if you need prayer, if you need a healing touch, if you need someone just to pray with you, these prayer warriors have been praying this morning. They don't just walk up here. They prepare themselves spiritually for this moment. But number two, if shame and guilt pain still try to grip you and hold you from telling your story if if you have this feeling of embarrassment whenever you have an opportunity to tell somebody you're a Christian I'm talking to you it's time you get that junk out of your spirit and out of your mind and you be the light in the dark world that God created you to be do you agree with that today if I have spoken to either one of you going to sing a song of worship step out of your seat come to this altar thank you so much for listening if you want to stay up to date be sure to follow us on all social media platforms or visit us online at myhopealive.church